Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies. My name is Melissa Torito and I am the creator and host of this podcast. I am joined each episode by Lainey Edelman, our outstanding self-taught podcast producer. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a new episode. We would also appreciate a rating and review of the podcast when subscribing. We're also on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Louisiana Ladies Podcast. Additionally, you can reach us by email at louisianaladiespodcast at gmail.com. We're back with another episode of Louisiana Ladies, and I walked into the room to record today, and I was like, oh my god, my co-host is here. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm still surprising you after all these years. You, you are. know, But you I are. know it's new to the podcast world, right? It's, you it's, know? it's new. It is our free, yeah. um, unpaid co-host of Kate Cook. But guess what? Like, this is so elder millennial of me, because we were in college when Facebook was invented. It's Facebook official now. Like, I'm on the Facebook page. I'm on the cover photo. We're Facebook official. Are you going to be the reason why this podcast blows up and we also become podcast famous? That is literally my goal. Okay. I think about this, like, what more can I be doing for Louisiana ladies? And I'm laughing, but I'm not kidding. Okay. This is great. I think about it a lot. This is great, Kate. I'm glad that we are somewhat on the same page. Awesome. So, we have a fabulous guest today, Lauren Swartley. Yeah. That did not... I get shortly. I I'm, I always tell people I can get up and talk in front of a thousand people, but get me read a list of names, and I'm like, I'm gonna butcher someone's name. And it's it's okay, so everybody does it. But it's Lauren from Linda Uphall, which is not a person. I said that a couple of times to people, and they thought I was saying Linda, like L I N D A Paul, and I'm yes. like, no, it's Lind, like L E N D A Paul. Yes. So I'm gonna give a quick background. Uh, from my experience really quick. So I think I found you guys probably from a Google search. And I was looking for a company that would come to my house and take care of my pups while me and Patrick were in Hawaii specifically um, so that we wouldn't have to board them. My, my dogs are getting older. One has anxiety. He went on hunger strike. Lauren knows all about this. And so I think a simple Google search probably sent y'all an email, scheduled an appointment. First, I... Totally butchered the dates. I think I changed the dates <laughs> 10 times. Sorry, Lauren. Uh, but I cannot express, before Lauren starts talking about them and more specifics, the comfort that I had knowing I had professionals coming to my house and letting my dogs out and playing with them and doing all of the things three times a day. Um, well worth it. I actually don't think, just from a pricing standpoint, I don't know. My, maybe my dogs go to really high end boarding. I mean, I don't, only the best for the Torito pups. But I don't find that the the pricing is that out of the you know, like it's not twice as much. I can tell you that from my experience and just that comfort of knowing that people are coming to your house honestly and like in and out of your house gives me comfort. Obviously, you guys are bonded and licensed, so you know I did get a couple of questions on that. They're coming in your house. I'm like. Well, I don't think they can let the dogs from out from the outside. <laughs> but anyway, so Lauren, let's talk a little bit about you. First of all, where are you from? I'm from here. Born and raised. Born yeah. and raised. Born and raised. Ooh, born and raised. Okay. Yeah. I have uh I had a momentary lapse of reason and moved to Lafayette and then quickly realized I wanted to be back home. So okay. I've only lived in Lafayette and Baton Rouge and I love it here. I mean, 
I truly embrace like all of the sportsman's paradise. You know, I love fishing, boating, stuff like that. So um, I love it here. And I love um, getting to meet all the different people that I've met through rescue. And especially with my business, it's been great to kind of get to know the community better. Yeah. Um, so what is your position with Linda Ball? I own it. So I'm she the owner. owns it. Yeah. She it. is okay. the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, is it a franchise? No. So we started it uh, back in 2018 is when we kind of did everything to get, you know, our business up and running. And uh, back in 2016, I believe I had met uh, Ben Fincher, who is our other manager. Mm-hmm. And he and I actually met through a mutual client. The client was looking for someone else to take care of her pets when Ben was unavailable. And so she found me and then Ben and I actually coordinated going in and out because she had five special needs dogs. So they needed care like every few hours someone mm-hmm. had to go there. Um, so I actually worked with Ben for about a year without even meeting him face to face. So I knew how he worked with animals, worked with um, you know other people, you know work, working with me, not even knowing who I was. And um, so that was why I asked him if he wanted to come on board with me and help me start Linda Ball. So he has he has been the one basically since the beginning to kind of learn everything and figure it out along the way. So I often just do like all the back end stuff, like making sure everything is good um, accounting wise and making sure that everything is squared away legal, you know, getting all of our insurance and bonding and everything. I just make sure that all of that is in, you know, tip top shape. But Ben can handle all the day-to-day stuff as well. Yeah, so I met Ben. Yeah, so you did. So how it works is, so Lauren and Ben came to my house for to meet the meet the pups, which makes a lot of sense. You know, have, speaking of, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna totally go off script here. Um, have you have y'all ever went and met? pets and then you can't take care of them Mm -hmm. because they might be aggressive or something like that? Yeah. So we usually, um, how our onboarding process works is the client fills out the contact form. Most of the time, uh, we're able to kind of weed out if they would be a good fit just based off of what they put. If they're outside of our service area, if we're not available for their dates, um, or if their dog has uh, severe behavior issues that we, um, you know, can't, can't really help with depending on the the extremeness of the situation you know sometimes dogs can have a reactivity issue but it's only with other animals but if it's towards humans we usually will try and go and just see how severe it is before we just make a decision okay so um oftentimes if it is something that i'm concerned about we'll we'll let the client know um hey we may or may not be able to take you on but we'll be more than happy to come and meet you so then we schedule the consultation and then we go by sometimes it takes two or three consultations for us to even make sure that they would or would not be a good fit. So usually by the third, I would know it's definitely not a good fit. And then I let them know and I refer them to a behaviorist or a trainer at that point. Well, that's really nice. Yeah, I love how thorough it is. It it is. It sets everybody up for success. Yeah. Yeah. So we we do take, uh, we specialize in pets with anxiety and fear-based issues. So having these dogs that... Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Thank God for that. Yeah. So we do take on uh, dogs that, that may not be a good fit for maybe like a hobby sitter, someone that's not as experienced with those kinds of issues. Um, but it does tend to to have a complete spectrum of someone that may just be a little anxious versus a complete aggressive, you know, animal right. that's a safety issue for yeah. the, the other people. So, because Ben and I can definitely, um, 
you know, coming into a new house is always stressful for, for the animal, you know, meeting someone new if they have an anxiety issue. But by the third time, we can usually kind of work out if it's something that we feel comfortable with. So. Okay. I mean, I do feel like it takes a special type of person and there is a level of expertise that you guys have to just walk into someone's house, even after meeting them. You know, I think y'all met my pups and then a week later you came back mm-hmm. and the, I told Patrick, I kind of joked, I was like, I think Pepper and Tucker are getting more attention with Linda Paul people than they yeah, get. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's just, that's just comforting because I feel like at least, and Kate, you've always had You've always had dogs. Maybe cats? Yeah, dogs and cats. Dogs and cats? Yes. Yeah. And it used to kind of stress me out. I feel like you have to put on a... I feel like I'm going to sound so silly. But, like, when I would bring Pepper and Tucker to the vet, okay? Now, when I bring them to the vet, normally, this is how they act. But I know they're only going to be there for a day. But to keep them there for 12 days, not that there's anything wrong with the vet, but I'm pretty sure they're in a kennel the Mm -hmm. entire time. And both of them are shaking like a leaf. Mm -hmm. I feel like a horrible human being. Yeah. What I liked about this is my dogs do not just free roam the house. They, they're in an office space. They're very used to that space, but they're not in a kennel the whole time, you know, and that, that gives me a lot of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about y'all's business, but you also get a report card <laughs> uh, every time yes. y'all visit. It is very thorough. It is, hey, we're here starting your visit. Hey, we've left. Some messages. Y'all very rarely ask a lot of questions. Like, I feel like you know when your clients are on vacation and probably right. will only call them when they need to. So I guess just walk. So you have the consultation. Lauren and Ben asked me more questions about my dogs, and I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. You know, like, very detailed, hey, is there yard guys that come, and do they accidentally ever leave the gate open? I'm like, yes, they do. Let's walk out and look at that gate. And Ben was like, okay, is there ever is there any areas that they can go and get out in the backyard? Well, Ben, yes. That's what, the, you know, so, but how did you... I guess, how did you figure out that that's all the stuff that you needed to do? Experience. I mean, there was plenty of times where, um, I mean, because whenever we started, we still had a generic um, kind of questionnaire that we did, but along the way of figuring things out, um, and even we're about to do, and you may see this when you go to request services, but we're about to go through and completely redo our, our questions and kind of dial them down even more specific of, you know, where do your pets eat? What bowls do they use? Where can we find the food? Where are your cleaning supplies? If they have an accident, what's your preferred method for us to clean it up? Because um, we do kind of have a, a generalized thing right now, but we'd like to dial it down even further. Um, so we usually just add more things as as, as things it come. comes along. But we have gotten very good at going through the routine of a consultation and some questions aren't relevant. Like if they have a cat, we wouldn't ask, you know, does the lawn guy leave the gate open? Right. That it wouldn't matter. Right. Um, but for the cat, we want to ask, you know, do they ever cough up hairballs? If so, where do, you know, they usually cough up a hairball. So it just kind of depends exactly on so many different factors that can be interchangeable between the clients. So, but pretty much for the most part, it's the same set of questions that we ask to just make sure that we're being as thorough as possible. And as you know, we can always ask, you know, if, if we have other questions. So usually how it goes, once we do the consultation, uh, we get the services reserved. We usually talk about it at the consultation, you know, how, what services are needed. We already had the, the dates, but, you know, if someone wanted three times a day, four times a day, uh, twice a day, it just kind of depends. And then we reserve those services for the client. Then uh, Ben or I 
will go in and we type up a very detailed visit instruction list. So oh, that's how, how everyone knows what yeah. to do. I was wondering that because it's different sitters. Yeah. Like we had Caroline a few times. Yeah. I can't remember who else. But I actually kind of felt like, no offense to the, I felt like there was one sitter that my dogs really liked. Because <laughs> Tucker was eating every time oh. she came. And yeah. I was like, oh, God. Caroline is our other manager as well. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Caroline, um, we promoted her uh, at the beginning of the year. And so she's gotten up to speed with all the stuff that Ben and I can do as well, um, which was great to have that coverage. But it was nice because she was al- she was already a sitter for us. So she already knew the clients, the protocols, the policies and procedures. Um, so, yeah, we do write up a detailed visit instruction list. So as soon as the consultation's over, uh, one of us would go back and type up, like, Number one, enter through the front door using code blah, blah, blah. Make sure to, you know, lock it behind you. And though we just, number two, you know, find the dogs in the office area, let them out to the back, double check the gates because they have had issues with lawn guys, let them out. So we go step by step all the way down. And I mean, we have clients, it may be a list of 30 bullet points oh, that we have to do. How long yeah. is mine? I, I could tell you, honestly, but I, I think probably about 10. Oh, which is okay. Well, yeah. You're so efficient. I yeah. <laughs> so, and it's definitely something that, so as the client um, changes their profile, so as you know, you can go in and say, oh, medication's different, blah, blah, blah. We get a notification that says that. We take that information, put it back on the visit instruction list. Then we take that and we send it in our Slack channel to the, to the other sitters and let them know, hey, this was updated for this client. All those sitters like it so they confirm and then they also know when they go back that something's been changed. I mean, this is not like a willy-nilly like dog sitter. No, no. This is like, this is super, which I I got the feeling because after, I think after y'all came and visited, you told me about the app and that's where everything is located. Super easy to request. Like, I mean, I requested for the beach, um... Because now I'm like, I'm nev- probably never going to board my dog unless, <laughs> unless it's a short trip and they need like a procedure. Right. Like Pepper has to have an ultrasound. Good Lord. Um, but um, it is easy and y'all are, I don't, I don't want to make promises on your behalf, but y'all are very responsive. Yes. Um, the app does let you know if it's outside of business hours. So you may or may not get a response. I'm just going to say, I don't know if Lauren likes me, but I have gotten a response. <laughs> um, but I don't expect that Lauren, yeah. you know, healthy boundaries. But um, that's been great. And it's just, I don't know, I, I just can't, I can't explain the the level of detail and the care that you guys put in. Oh, and you get like 20 pictures. I think yeah. I have more pictures of the puppies from, from that. A visit. fun fact that a lot of um, clients don't know because we, we don't necessarily um, advertise it, I guess, but one of our clients was super surprised that there's always a uh, manager on duty. So there's always someone on the back end that's basically monitoring every single visit, making sure it's completed on time. Making if if a sitter has a question, they will get a response within ten seconds. I would say. So there's always someone else that's not working. Um, so that would be me, Ben, or Caroline that's on their computer monitoring everything. So wow. if a sitter has an emergency, they get a flat tire. There's always someone to jump in and go run the visit for them. So that's also something else that's that's neat about our company is that because we have these team members that we train interchangeably, if someone calls out and they're sick, someone else can jump right back in and there's no How lag. How many people do you guys employ? We have five full-time people okay. on staff right now. Okay. Um, sometimes It depends. Like during the summertime, we may have someone seasonally, um, but five full-time people right Would now. you say that you guys stay pretty busy year-round? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're our our busiest time of the year is like 
May, June, July, sometimes August. It just depends. But the summertime is our busiest time of the year and then around Christmas. Okay. Um, and, like, of course, holidays, you know, spring break, Easter, stuff like that. So, I mean, I had a good question and now I forgot it. I've got a question. The app that y'all use, did you develop that? No. So it's a third-party software. It's called Time to Pet. um, And it is made for professional pet care companies. It seems like it's, yeah, like that built exactly for this business. Yes. So we started using that in 2019 and we've gotten to be very fluid with all everything that it has to offer. So all of our scheduling, our billing, everything is through there. So we have an admin side that we can use on our computer, which you can see pretty much everything. And then the client app is much more simplified where they are able to go in and send us a message, send us a private message, pay their invoices, schedule visits, everything like that. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's really nice. I, I love the software. Yeah. So. And I feel like clients like easy stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, if something is hard for me, I'm not going to yeah. lie. I'm just not going to do it. Definitely. And yeah. everybody likes to be able to communicate digitally. Yes. Now. Yeah. Um, uh, also, this is what I wanted to say. Ask. So when they came over, I don't know why this thought popped into my brain in like early June, but tell the audience what y'all do when there's a hurricane. Um, well, there's multiple <laughs> different things, but we usually let the clients know uh, first that there's an inclement weather emergency or that there could possibly be an inclement weather emergency. And so we just sent out our protocol letting them know first steps would be um, that we would make sure that we can access the home. So if we can't get to the home, that's when we would contact the emergency contact. But the first step is, you know, we wait, make sure that everything is safe to pass. And then we'd go through, um, get there, you know, as soon as we can. It may be a delay. It may be us shortening the visit. um, But as long as it's accessible, then we try and you know, get in there. So, and then if we can't, then we would let the client know and then we would contact the emergency contact. Um, and we require a list of three emergency contacts. So there's always someone and we usually ask for the name of a neighbor. So someone that could just walk over, obviously it's not ideal, but if half the city is underwater, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of something that you need to know. Um, so we have these policies in, in place so that the animals never go without care. And we've never had a, we've never had a problem with hurricanes, flooding, anything like that, where we weren't able to promptly take care of the animals. Like I said, it may not have been at the exact time that we had planned, but we're going to get, we're going to get there <laughs> regardless. Y'all, y'all give people such peace of mind, yeah. you know, right. like you were saying, it's very stressful to leave your, they're like part of your family yeah. and y'all provide such peace of mind, yeah. you yeah. know, and knowing that y'all have thought of literally everything. Yeah. When, know? when the, uh, the heat, you know, in the summer gets too intense, we shorten all of our walks, we offer water, we bring water bottles on our walks that have a little bowl attached. Um, so we only do like a 15 minute walk in the summer. And once the heat drops back down, then the sitters know that's when we say like, hey, the heat advisory protocol is over, we're going back to our regular scheduled walks, which is usually like September. Yeah, like y'all have seen it and you've thought it through. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, um, you know, like, that's why we ask, does your dog have storm anxiety? Does your dog have anxiety with fireworks? Because there are pets that har- could harm themselves if they get too stressed out. Um, so we want to know, like, do they do you have medication for them that we can give in, you know, cases of extreme anxiety? So, and it is it is better having, like she was saying, um, it is better giving these animals um, a place to stay where they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, their home, they're, they're comfortable. So if fireworks start popping off, it's not as stressful if they were in a kennel, mm-hmm. in a boarding, you know, place yeah. and hearing these fireworks going off and, you know, pro- probably being alone and just nervous so it is a little bit of a uh, 
comfort thing for them as well to just be in their home environment and not have to leave. And it's nice for the client as well because they don't have to drop them off or pick them up oh, anyway. Yeah, I, have I was moment. just about to say that. So, like, when we leave to go to the beach, I will be able to do all my normal things in the morning. And I think I have you guys come in, like, that mid-afternoon visit because you can, you can pick. And I'm just, like, the fact that I'll just put the dogs up. They'll be there for a couple of hours. And then they, you know, they let them out. It's very... It makes that the traveling already stressful, mm-hmm. and then you have your pets, and you want to make sure that they're okay, and you don't forget something right. until the vet or whatever. And I'm gonna be honest, y'all are a little bit easier to get in touch with than a vet yeah. that has very specific hours. Um, and it's just been. She did ask me, you know, that, okay, do do, it, do they get scared by storms? I said, no, I think Pepper's too old; she can't <laughs> hear anything. And Tucker does get a little freaked out. And she said, well, does he ever hurt himself? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. He will literally just shake like a leaf yeah. and probably try to crawl on top of you as close as you can, you know, you can yeah. get. So. And see, that actually was from my experience as a child because uh, my parents, we had a dog that just went through a wooden door and peeled up tile on the floor during fireworks. So that was just some experience that I had learned I don't know, 20 years ago as a kid, um, seeing one of my own dogs go through a wooden door out of fear yeah. of the fireworks. It's, I mean, it's scary. It sounds mm-hmm. like gunshots. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know. They're mm-hmm. dogs, you right. know? And I think that, I do think that sometimes it's easy just to dismiss a dog and their anxiety, you know, because they're your pet. But to me, I am one of those people that my dogs, they, they I saw somebody post something one time, like, dogs are not actually children because you didn't birth them. I'm like, no, I know this. Like, <laughs> You don't need to be told this. <laughs> right. like, clearly, I did not give birth to my right. pets. But I love them, and they love you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And when one of them goes up to doggy heaven, it's like the worst yeah. to me because they are always happy to see you. Right. They're always happy to see you. Right. Doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not, Patrick's not always happy to see you. <laughs> right. But they're always happy to see you. So, um, I mean, really, I, I cannot say this enough. And I don't know if I've had someone on the podcast that I am so passionate about. Oh, with. thank you. <laughs> it's a, it, you know, First of all, oh, they also pick up like the mail and packages for you. Oh wow! And it's on the report card. Mail <laughs> yeah. picked up, package picked up. You know, dogs have pooped. <laughs> I think Tucker pooped like once. I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I really just highly highly recommend. And we will plug y'all's website at the end of the podcast. But I will say, very easy website to navigate. Very easy to figure out what services that, you know, y'all offer dog walking, dog sitting, overnight stays, two visits. Like, just, it, y'all have really made it easy for your average consumer like Thank myself. You. <laughs> so figure it out and get in touch with you and feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I, I, thank you. I'm a, I'm a tough critic, <laughs> but, but y'all have made it easy. So um, one of the other things that you wanted to talk about, because Lauren filled out our questionnaire, is the importance of animal welfare and animal rescue in Baton Rouge. So yes. let's kind of touch on that. I'm probably a little bit ignorant. You know, I know I know that there's, I don't want to say issues, but I know that's a thing. I'm just not 100. Kate probably can participate in this too. I know. All of, I'm, yeah, all of my, well, I cannot foster because I would be foster fail every yeah. time. Um, but you all would, of our pets ha- have been rescues from different, you know, agencies or people or situations, you know, I'm a sucker for, you know, an animal that's looking for a home for sure. Yeah. So I did kind of want to talk about it right now. So we have a few different um, shelters that I just wanted to talk about that have just kind of been close to my heart. And uh, the first one is CAUSE, and that's uh, Capital Area Animal Welfare Society. So I originally started volunteering with them um, years and years ago and there was this dog um, and the reason this is important is because I wouldn't have my business if it weren't for him 
and there was this dog that was in this cage and he had been there for three years. No one adopted him. And he had wandered up to the shelter after one of the hurricanes and they took him in and he was this pit mix and he, um, he needed to go into emergency foster care because he needed to get heartworm treatment and no one else could really take them because, you know, it's difficult when you with a pit to get them into like an apartment and stuff like that. So, um, against my parents, uh, wishes, I took in this pit bull and they were terrified. They were like, Oh, you know, I can't believe you're going to do this. You know, the horror stories about pit bulls. And I took him in, we did the treatment and I really bonded with him and it ended up being that someone adopted him. I was just heartbroken. Not that long after they returned him. And sure enough, I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to adopt him. Um, so that was when I realized what's his name? Hayes. Okay. So, um, I, that was when I realized like, this is my life's work is I need to educate people about pit bulls. I need to educate people about animal rescue because this dog that sat in this shelter for three years that no one, you know, wanted, he probably would have been euthanized if he had been brought to another place, um, changed my life. And he showed me, you know, how you cannot judge other people, other animals, anything by how they look. I mean, Hayes loved children, loved other pets, loved going on trips. He loved doing everything. And it broke my heart that we would go on walks and people would cross the street because they were terrified of him. And he did not have any behavior issues. I mean, he was just the sweetest thing. And the only thing that scared him was thunderstorms and he would jump in the tub. <laughs> so he just already knew when the thunderstorm, he was going to the tub and he would just sit in there. So we always had to leave the, the door open to the bathroom for him. Um, and so if it weren't for cause... I wouldn't have this wonderful dog who literally showed me about pit bulls and animal rescue. And the reason I started my business was because I wanted to have other people be able to have this option that sitters, there may be some people that are scared to take care of pit bulls. There may be people that are scared to take care of these animals that have some behavior issues. And I wanted to start something that other people could, like me, you know, would have, would have a resource to go to. Um, so cause is, is extremely close to me and, um, another rescue is, uh, rescue me and a woman named Ashley owns that, uh, rescue. And I got a dog named Piglet from her. Piglet was supposed to be euthanized in West Baton Rouge. Ashley, the wonderful person that she is, she was there dealing with some stuff with her rescue and she saw Piglet essentially on death row to be euthanized. And she asked about her. She was found in a fighting ring in Irwinville, Louisiana. And the she was pulled from the situation. They just basically found her in the woods um, with uh, it stuck in this cage situation. Unfortunately, whoever it was got tipped off that the police were coming. And they, they removed all the other animals besides her. They left her basically to die. And so we took... Um, I saw her on... Uh, Ashley's pet finder and I was like oh my gosh this dog is so cute oh my gosh it looks like a little pig and I got in touch with Ashley and Ashley was like this dog really needs someone experienced because her anxiety is just so bad I mean she couldn't deal with doorways tv ceiling fans she would just panic and well, run away yeah understandably yeah, yeah. so yeah, she rowdy about these people that just leave we had some I'll tell you a story about a dog in my neighborhood but go ahead so she um was just kind of like another another reason that I was like, oh my gosh, I really, you know, need to dive in and really help 
you know, these dogs. And so since then, Hayes passed away. You may or may not have seen it because we had put it on the newsletter. But Hayes passed away from lymphoma back in December. And that was obviously extremely hard on me. So, but we were able to adopt another dog from Ashley at Rescue Me. And his name is Diego and he's blind. (laughs) And so he was also in a foster home for three years. So, um, I, these dogs are just as good, you know, if not better than other dogs that, you know, may come from a breeder, may come from these, these situated or a purebred, you know, dog. Um, and I just long to educate about adopting a mixed breed dog or adopting a dog that is not a puppy or maybe an adult is totally fine. You know, it's normal. It's great to help these dogs that, that need a home. And unfortunately, I mean, there's still millions of dogs that get euthanized in the shelters in the U S every year. And so educating people about adopting from a shelter can, can really help those numbers go down. And these dogs most times end up being healthier because they have a different gene pool than particularly purebred dogs. Mm -hmm. They may not have the behavior problems. They may not have health problems that these other dogs may have. And I mean, my parents always bought schnauzers growing up. So I thought that's what you did. You found a breeder. Yeah. You bought, you went and you found a breeder and you bought a dog dog. and that was what you did. And you spent a thousand dollars, you know, on this dog. And there's still perfectly good dogs in the shelter that really need a home. Um, that may not be the exact, you know, design and breed you're looking for, but they're still deserving of that love. Well, and so Tucker, I probably told this story. Um, oh, Lord, her name, Katie Hawkeye? I don't know. Is this, uh, I was a student. I was going to say, that yeah, sounds I like, I didn't teach her, but yeah, <laughs> that sounds like an alum. Kate, remember this. Kate's <laughs> like, shout out to Kate. Well, she had uh, shared a post. So we had lost our German Shepherd in September of 2019, and it was... I feel like when I tell people this, they're like, that really doesn't seem to happen to dogs that often. But she passed away in her sleep. We still are not really sure what happened if she got into something outside. Um, And that was, and the German Shepherd, I would say, um, we got her at four weeks, purebred. Me and Patrick really didn't know any better. And I wouldn't say that was like wrong, but she did, like she basically flunked out of obedience. (laughs) Okay, Lily had a plethora of problems, um, anxiety, all those things. all those types of things and just I don't want to say she had a hard life but she just seemed to always be so worried about something um so we just had pepper for a little while and I did think it was very odd I am not this like expert in dogs passing away but pepper actually Patrick doesn't think that this is true but I'm pretty sure pepper really didn't eat for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and our vet was like she's going to grieve yeah that's she was in that room she does like mm-hmm. she you know and I, she just would kind of lay around mm-hmm. with her little puppy dog eyes. And so, anyway, fast forward a couple of months. Katie Hoffpower is at one of her friends' house. They found Tucker. And and I believe they found Tucker in their, like, neighbor's yard. But I don't think it was their neighbor's dog. I don't, when I say neighbor, I don't think anybody was living in that house. I don't think that who was living in that house abandoned Tucker. Mm-hmm. I think he got abandoned somewhere else and found his way. And it was cold because it was winter. And mm-hmm. so we went to, I was like... I, like, called the person without even um, text, telling Patrick. I was like, we're going to see this dog. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, bring, we have two dogs of our own. Like, bring bring your other dogs. I wanted to make sure Pepper can get along with them. And we had never adopted a dog. And we really didn't actually adopt Tucker. We just went to the, their house. And he was just so easy. as the be- Like, his disposition compared to Lily, who did not have a good disposition that I don't know if I would have yeah. felt comfortable with y'all <laughs> watching her. 
he was just easy, but I will tell you, it broke my heart because he was so skinny. He was probably 30 pounds, and he's a mid-sized dog. Like, you could see his ribs. So, you know, we bring him home. He's definitely skittish, you know, and then he kind of warms up to us. And, and I'm just like, I, I mean, clearly we can't read dogs' minds, but my point of this story is I feel like dogs that you adopt are forever grateful, grateful. Yeah. that you adopted them. Yeah. And, like, they want to do the right thing. Like, if you kind of, like, Tucker does something wrong and I, you know, scold him, I can just tell he's like, sorry. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I love, I, Patrick and I, since then, again, nothing wrong with going to a breeder. If you want a specific type of dog, you know, those are dogs and they yeah. need homes, too. But we'll probably always adopt. Yeah. And he was house trained, which was awesome. Yeah. To get a dog. Like, puppies are cute. Right. Puppies are messy. Yeah. Puppies mm-hmm. are a lot of work. And so it was awesome. Like he was house trained, could already like walk on a leash, knew when to go outside, you know, very well. Very and the thing about adopting too is some of these things are not out of reach. Like there are puppies in need of adoption. So if you and your family are determined you want to go through the puppy phase, there are puppies that need to be adopted. That's as true. well yeah. as adult dogs, yeah. which we have tended right. to adopt adult dogs. Um which certainly does make things easier on the pet owner because you don't have to go through the puppy phase of staying up at night and stuff like that. But there are puppies that need to be adopted. People don't think about that. The other thing is you can look for something that's a little more breed specific. Like if you have it in your mind, Mm -hmm. like we are a Schnauzer family, you may find that there's a Schnauzer that needs to be adopted or a Schnauzer mix. There are are plenty of breed specific rescues out Mm -hmm. there. And I will go ahead and plug in Mm petfinder.com because that is, that's where I found Piglet. That's where I found Ciego. That is anytime that I hear that someone wants to adopt a specific kind of dog, size, age, breed, anything Mm -hmm. like that, go to petfinder.com and you can actually select those things. So you can select if you want a puppy, if you want a golden retriever, if you want, you know, Mm -hmm. you name it, the, the weight, the size, everything is on that website. And you can see in your city, in your state, in the country, what is available up for adoption. And so that's always a resource that I say to use. That's where we found one of our dogs. Now, it's our dog that um, she passed away um, earlier this year. She was 16 years old, though. You know, when I tell people that our pets have lived to be 18, 16, their minds are blown. But there's a lot of strength in, well, we love a mutt. And so, you know, our mutts have a lot of strength in that. But um, we found her on Pet Finder. And I got to give a shout out to the people who had posted her on Pet Finder, they uh, run a rabbit rescue called Magic Happens. And um, anyway, since we're in the theme of animal rescue here, I had to give them a shout out. They were the ones who found Dixie and named her and everything. And they wanted to keep her, but she wanted to chase and maybe eat the rabbits. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) So they knew they had to find a new home for her. And back when Ross and I were just these stupid newlyweds, they, you know trusted us with her and she was part of our family for 16 years and anyway they still run this wonderful rabbit rescue which is super important because a lot of people think they want to give their kids bunnies for easter yes. and then you know come summertime they're over having a rabbit and so we did um, that. <laughs> i mean i was young so yeah. i mean i'm just young i mean i'm just confess and yeah. my dad the rabbit's name was rex and right. we were way too young. But they were like, you know, are you going to take care of this rabbit? And me, my sister, and her brother. I mean, mm-hmm. was born. For sure. Like, yeah, what do you want? No, because rabbits poop everywhere. Yeah. yeah, they're a tough animal and people don't realize it. Yeah. We won the but, rabbit from the photography place, like where we went every year to take the Easter pictures. Uh, it was like a raffle. But I mean, we kept it until he passed away. I've seen people like 
train their rabbits to walk on leashes and stuff. I yeah. think that's so funny. Yeah. People also do that with uh, with chicks around Easter. They get mm-hmm. chicks, and then they don't they realize they're getting chicken, a chicken. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, they're "What like, am I going to do with this chicken yeah. in my house?" This is not <laughs> a stuffed animal. Right. It's an right. actual right. living right. animal. Yeah. So, so actually, a lot of chickens become available after Easter for adoption. For, yeah, for people who and yeah. some people do want yard chickens, right. and I have a lot of friends that do that, and my nephew and. My brother out in Mandeville, they both do that, yeah. you know, for the eggs. Right. So, <laughs> so Lauren, so question, a very ignorant question that I have. You know, I hear about the, the shelters and then dogs being euthanized. Is Do these shelters that you mentioned, do they not euthanize? No. Okay. So, um, Cause and Rescue Me are both rescues um, that pull from other shelters. So, they typically don't take owner surrenders. It's typically a situation where, let's say, CAA, which I, I can talk about in a minute, but CAA is a Companion Animal Alliance, and they are the open intake shelter for Baton Rouge. So, they're basically affiliated with animal control. So, if there's a dog that's on the street that, that gets picked up, or if you need to surrender an animal, that's going to be the open intake shelter that you would go to. Um, but typically, all of the rescues in the area, those are just going to pull from places like CAA and put them kind of like opening up a spot at CAA for another animal. Um, They're going to put them in their program and then they privately adopt them out. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So like my dog, Ciego, he originally actually was at CAA and then he got put because he was blind. He had a disability. So he got put in um, Ashley's uh, foster program. So, so a foster had him and then Piglet was actually in West Baton Rouge. So she pulled him from West Baton She pulled her from West Baton Rouge. Okay. Animal okay. Control. I was kind of curious how that, I wasn't really sure how that worked because it, I, I don't really like to think about the dogs being euthanized. Yeah. Even though I know that's it's like, a reality. It's a reality. Yeah. And, and it's I, a sad one. I think that that's, you know, another reason why it's important to educate people on why it's important to adopt and especially spaying and neutering. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you can do to be responsible and make sure that, especially with cats, because cats can be a huge problem if they're not spayed or neutered. So, uh, I might be telling my age here, but does anybody remember The Price is Right? Yes. yes. I love that show, actually. And he, the, I think he might have passed away. Is it Bob? Bob Barker? Arker? I don't know if he passed away. Okay. Right? Might be making that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might be fact-checking that before. TBT. Whoa, sorry. Yeah. Maybe I just thought he was old. Okay, anyway. But he used to always yeah. say that. I feel like he was very supportive of rescue agencies, he would always put up every episode mm-hmm. about spaying and neutering your pets. I don't know if y'all yeah, remember that. No, I, I don't remember, remember that. I every show. I remember that, and I don't, I mean, I was young. I used to watch it, like, you know, like when I was, like, 12 or yeah. something, and I never really understood the importance of that, you know, but my understanding is so we don't overpopulate. Right. You know, there's nothing really wrong with that. You're really protecting the animals by doing right. that because they're, those animals are going to go in heat. Yes. You know, and yes. there's only so much that you can do, um, I guess, unless you're a breeder. I mean, you know, I, I, you clearly wouldn't want to do that. But for your house pet, I mean, we've always, we've done that for ours. Yeah. And it can lead to different uh, behavior issues too as well and health issues if you don't spay and neuter. Like if you allow... Um, you know, you're a, a female dog to go into heat that can kind of open up other issues in the future. Um, and with males, they can be a little more territorial, maybe a little bit more aggressive than yeah, usual if you have an like intact male. Thing going on yeah, there. they do. And so it's just, it's not only a behavior thing, but also a health thing. And I will say that oftentimes, like your regular vet is going to charge exponentially more to do a spay or neuter. Um, but we do have resources here in Baton Rouge, especially the uh, space spa. 
across the river in Irwinville. I always tell people, or Port Allen, I'm not exactly sure what city it's in, but it's called the Space Box. If it's that way. Dr. Fairchild. Okay. Yeah, so across the river, I owe any time that someone is looking for a resource on a, a low-cost spay and neuter, Space Bot is the place to go. So I've gotten any of my pets that I had taken in, I bring them there, but I just say have a little bit of patience with them because they do, they do the... Um, spay and neuter for rescues too so they're taking in a lot, a lot. of wow. yeah a lot of appointments so you may have to wait a month for your appointment but it'll it'll be half the cost yeah. of what you would pay at a vet clinic so anytime that I have someone reach out to me and say oh my gosh I found this dog on the street I can't afford to get it neutered what should I do space ball, give them a call so and this is all very good information um I'm going to just tell this like really quick story about this dog. I was taking a walk in my neighborhood. Everybody knows I live over by uh, Webb Park. And I was just going to walk in and I see this dog. So we have a little um, pathway. Path. So I say trail, but it's not really a trail. There's not really trails of average, but a path. And it just kind of goes from like one end of the neighborhood to the next. And I see this dog kind of outside the house. Like keep in mind the, the path is not in anybody's backyard. I mean, it is a common area. And so this dog is tied up, literally tied up to a tree and kind of just chilling on the path and really towards the end of the path, right? So I'm like, and he's a, it's a big dog, but doesn't look very intimidating, but I'm not a dog expert. You know, I feel like sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't know if this dog's going to be aggressive. Well, my neighbor ends up walking, him and another guy had seen the dog before and they end up coming back. And I'm like, do y'all think someone just left this Abandoned dog? Abandoned the dog. And long story short, my neighbor who lives across the street ended up taking the dog in. His wife was like, oh, that's a big dog. But, but yes, this is what happened because it was at the end of the path. Somebody pulled, I don't want to say Country Club Drive. Somebody went on Country Club Drive. Apparently, either they were walking their dog. I mean, there's just no other way. This dog was not in a yard. It did not belong to the neighbor's. There was actually like a missing dog sign up that looked very similar. And I texted those people. I was like, hey, is this your dog? And they're, oh, no, we found our dog. That's another dog. And just left them. Okay. I'm going to get preachy and a little passionate. Don't get a dog if you can't take care of the dog. Yeah. That really lights a fire under me. Now, granted, we did give our bunny back, but we gave it back to so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was, it was, we forget Rex. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry, Rex. Right. But Rex went back into care and yeah. probably got, you know, bought the next Easter. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I didn't just leave Rex on the road. Right. It just makes, it's like the, the fighting and all of these things. Like, I get so worked up about it because the, don't be an asshole to your yeah. dog. Don't be mm-hmm. an asshole to your dog. Like, it is hot outside right now. I, I can't, when it gets cold, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, like, I. there are people, I feel like, might be making a, ju- might be being a little judgy, but that leave their dogs outside all the time. Well, we live in Louisiana heat, and then every once in a while it gets to 25 degrees. Yeah. And they even all say, like, on the radio, mm-hmm. bring your, bring pets, your in. pets inside. Yeah. So anyway, that's my thing. I'm not saying well, everybody needs to have a dog. If you don't, yeah. it's like, I don't want kids. So right. guess what I did? I didn't have children. I say the same thing, Missy T, because because I have pets. I have cats and dogs, and I have a daughter. I have all the things. <laughs> and I get quite frustrated on all fronts when people complain, whether they complain about their kids or their dogs or their cats, or I hear stories like this. And to all of them, I say... They are not going to be easy. It is going to be a responsibility. So go in accordingly. Like if you know that. Do your research. Right. If you know that, you know, 
scheduling life around an animal who needs to be let out and walked or whatever is not going to be part of your life, then maybe a pet is not for you. Or maybe we talk about a fish. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like maybe maybe a dog is not for you, but maybe a fish. Right. I don't or, a, know. or a rock garden, maybe. Yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah. a rock garden, a plant. Yeah. Although um, I learned that plants are a lot of work too. Yeah. So they um, are, I don't have a green thumb. Not good at taking care of them. You know, but... And, and I, I, I will say to if, if someone, you know, feels the need to abandon their pet, there are other options than yes. leaving mm-hmm. them outside. So, of course, you would much prefer for a pet to be put in a better home um, versus if someone is like, I am incapable of taking care of this pet. Mm-hmm. You, I, I wouldn't want someone to feel stuck in that and have yes. them stay in a cage, you know, mm-hmm. 24 hours a day and stuff like that. CAA is the open intake shelter for Baton Rouge. In my opinion, you know, and other people could disagree with me, in my opinion, it's better to... Surrender that dog to a shelter and give it a better life than if you absolutely cannot afford basic needs like food. Right. If you cannot afford food and you cannot get in these these um, resources, you know, where people are, are giving away food to low-income families and things like that. If you are unable to acquire the basic needs for your pet, there are other options than leaving it on the side of the road. And I would say if you are thinking about leaving your dog on the side of the road, go to CAA and just surrender your dog. They do charge a fee to do that, you know, but I'm sure you can also reach out to other people, reach out to, you know, people that may be willing to help. I would be one of those people. If you need to do that, like, let me know and I will help you. I have seen people, you know, because, yeah, circumstances change or maybe somebody gets a dog when, you know, they get married, dog is fine, and then they have a baby and, the, you know, that can cause some anxiety there. And so I have seen, you know, people rehoming their dogs, you know, or, you know, posting on Facebook, we're really sad to do this, but we really need to rehome the dog. And I think that is, that's the responsible thing to do. I mean, it's just, you wouldn't take your child and leave your child. I mean, I'm not trying to be morbid. I just think that, you know, we, we can't forget that these are living living creatures that are honestly, some days I like them better than actual people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I right. just do because yeah. they're just easy. They, but they're, but they're work. But, yeah, I always used to joke. I'm like, I have yet to have a low maintenance dog. Yeah. All of my dogs are high maintenance. Lauren has a long, well, <laughs> not that high maintenance. Yeah, but here's Pepper's medicine. Tucker gets here's yeah. Tucker's thunder vest. Yeah. you know, if he gets scared. So well, and you it don't is, know what might happen. Right, you know, and like I'm, our dog developed diabetes, and for the last year of her life, we lived on a 12 hour schedule to give her her injections exactly 6 a.m. exactly Mm -hmm. 6 p.m. you know we lived on it very strictly and um you know we couldn't have guessed that when we were you know adopting her 15 years before that you know that that would be part of our lives but to me that was a commitment that I made to her and you know she certainly earned it you know um I think she gave back to me exactly I think a lot of people don't realize the um you know the cost and Mm -hmm. the time that that pets take and um some, you know, my, my boyfriend actually, it's funny cause he grew up in rural Arkansas. And so he basically just had hunting dogs, you know, and it was like, send them out in the field, you know, they find stuff, they eat stuff, you know, and it's mm-hmm. a completely different lifestyle than the pets that I'm used to having. And so oftentimes he does kind of bring me down, you know, to let them be like, you know, they're fine. Um, but oftentimes people don't realize that. And I do like to say, you know, if you, if you can't look in a 10 year timeline and give a pretty rough estimate of where you think you would be maybe don't adopt a dog, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know that in my situation, I've been able and fortunate enough to have a living situation where 
I can adopt pit bulls. I don't have anyone telling me that I can't. I can give them a good home and I can afford to do the things. Granted, have I chosen to not get my hair done, not get my nails mm-hmm. done, not do these things? Yes, because it's more important to me to make sure that the animals are fine. If someone else prefers to do those things, that's okay. But for me, animal welfare is basically my life. So I want to make sure that these animals are given optimal care. And there are things that have come up, like you were saying about diabetes. Those are things you can't predict. Hayes, I pro- so I adopted him for $75. I spent probably $15,000 on him in mm-hmm. his lifetime. And I only had him for seven years. Mm-hmm. And... That's probably different surgeries he had to have. He had a, a cranial cruciate tear. He had to have a surgery on that. All the different food, all the different vet visits, his, you know, heartworm medicine, flea and tick mm-hmm. prevention, food, supplies, anything he needed. Um, and so just looking at it that way, and like Piglet, she was diagnosed with skin cancer. So every six months she has to go and get skin cancer removed. Ciego, he's now developed some food allergies. So we spend $110 on food every two weeks. Mm-hmm. There may be some people that can't afford $200 just on a bag of dog food. Right. And so it's those are the things if you if you want to adopt a pet, make sure that you're thinking of their Long best time. interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes I do say if you don't think you can afford at least $10,000 for a dog in their lifetime, you know, obviously not all at once. I definitely couldn't afford it. There's plenty of credit cards I ran mm-hmm. up to do all these things. But if you don't think that you would be able to do that, just, you know, foster, mm-hmm. volunteer your time you know, do, do other things that help the animals. Cause it, it can be difficult, especially if you do have an animal that's already bonded to you and you have to make the decision to give them away. It's a hard, you know, it's a hard place for, for both parties. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about that cause it's on, um, the what a questionnaire. I was about to call it a survey. <laughs> um, is things that people can do to support the cause. And you mentioned fostering, like there are there organizations that you recommend if somebody's thinking about wanting to be a foster yeah. to some dogs or cats, um, who to reach out to? Absolutely. So CAA, as I was mentioning earlier, so Companion Animal Alliance, they have the, the beautiful brand new shelter by LSU. They need emergency fosters immediately. So usually there's a whole foster um, kind of program that you have to go through right now. They're basically bypassing that to say we're full. I mean, they have kennels stacked on top of kennels with animals that are being surrendered daily Mm -hmm. and they don't have any more space for them to go. I will say, so CAA is a quote unquote kill shelter, but they rarely have to euthanize for space. Um, It it would mainly be if they found like very sick animals that they're unable to rehabilitate. Um, But it's not, it's not very common. But when the shelter gets gets to this capacity, there's nowhere else for these animals to go. So unfortunately, sometimes they do have to start euthanizing for space and they're at that critical capacity right now. So um, while it is important to foster with these other rescues that are pulling these dogs, most of the time they are already in foster homes or they're in a secure space in the shelter and those rescues just will stop pulling dogs until they're adopted. But CAA, it's, it's very important that we um, educate people and let them know that you know, they're, they're begging for fosters right now to, to get those animals out of the shelter. And that can be temporary. I mean, they have multiple different programs. You can do a temporary, you can do one where they're, they're transporting that dog out of state and you're basically just keeping it for a few days Mm -hmm. until it gets transported. Um, so there's very temporary options. There's long-term fostering. You can do cats, you can do dogs. They have multiple different types of animals that you can uh, foster for. Um, and if you're unable to bring an animal into your house, you can also volunteer for them. So they have multiple different volunteer programs that you can do too. And of course there's always monetarily as well. 
I wanted to ask about those as well, like shelters that will take volunteers, um, you know, recommendations for that. And then also if people want to donate money or, you know, maybe they want to donate supplies. I've done that with my daughter before where it's, you know, a whole experience of like going shopping, buying supplies, going to donate it. Um, are there organizations that, you know, want volunteers? Are there donations that you would recommend that they need? Yeah. So usually most shelters, um, if you go on their website or go on their social medias, they're kind of doing like a call list for what they need. So I think Cause does like an Amazon list. So you can go and see what they need because sometimes they may need towels, they may need blankets, they may need bowls, they may need food. So it may be different just depending on exactly what they don't have at the moment. Um, so just going to their websites or going to their social media, sending them a DM, calling, seeing what they need. Um, but I always recommend just, you can do a broad search and find all the different rescues around town, but I always recommend seeing what you can do for cause, seeing what you can do for CAA, because those are just the places that are close to me. And of course, rescue me, but she, um, she kind of has a lovely sanctuary where she has her animals. So I don't know if she does take volunteers, mm -hmm. um, but she definitely does take monetary donations and any uh, supplies that are needed. So you can find her on Facebook. Love that. Help the pets, people. Yes. Help yeah, the pets. help the pets. Yeah, that was very informative. I, did. I mean, I knew about, so my husband and I do, Patrick, pets are very near and dear to his heart. And so we do donate to the Companion Animal, Animal Alliance, but I really wasn't sure until you explained that, how all of that works. So thank you so much, Lauren. That was yeah, super you're informative. Welcome. And we are running a little bit short on time in respect for Lauren's time since I came in for 15 minutes and just gabbed, you know, gabbed. But uh, we'll pick one of these uh, kind of fun questions. You said that your favorite vacation you've ever been on was camping in North Carolina with your partner, Alex. Yeah. So was that like pitching a tent? No, so we um we actually did some off-grid camping in North Carolina for a while and I have this very distinct memory. It's one of it's one of my favorite ones and we found this place is on the top of a mountain in North Carolina and there was a swing. And so we hiked up to this swing and you could swing basically out like over the treetops of this mountain. And so we did it watching the sunset oh my god and it was I'm, I'm literally getting goosebumps right now talking about it but it was gorgeous and so we actually set up our phone like behind it and you could just see like a swinging off like this mountaintop in North Carolina like viewing right above the treetops it was it was hilarious at first because he was nervous he was like I just want to go like a little bit yeah, and I'm like <laughs> sending it off the mountain he's like oh my gosh we should probably test the rope before and I'm just going off the side of the mountain um in no cell service, no anything, like no idea where we are. But um, that is one of my like most fun uh, vacations. And recently, I think last September, this was something that I had forgotten about. But my dad um, and my, my family and I, we went to Florida and we brought his boat. And so we were able to kind of take our boat out to this little private island in Florida and just sit there. And that was really nice. Yeah, so. hang out some solitude for yeah. sure. Um, and then really quick though, I did, I did like this fun fact that you played the harp when you were younger. Yes. So that is kind of like my party question. Anytime uh -huh. is like, anytime someone's like, what, what hobby, you know, did you have or what's something about you? No one knows. Yeah. I played the harp and it's a funny story because my mom always wanted to play the harp and she bought um, lessons from a harp teacher. Mm -hmm. She went a few times and she was like, I cannot figure this out for the life of me. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. And at the time I was actually doing all parish and all state choir and I sang, I sang at Carnegie Hall. So I was very familiar with doing reading music and sheet music and so I went and I picked it up on the first 
like session and so my mom kept buying the harp sessions after the fact and I would do like harp concerts wow and stuff like that yeah yeah I don't have any fun fact about me other than I just tell people um believe it or not I used to be the shyest person on this planet <laughs> I feel like that's the only thing I yeah. can say that people probably wouldn't know with the way that I am now yeah so I, know. I always say that I went around the world with the chimes like when I after I turned 21 oh, Brittany Adams and I went around the world with the chimes which is it used to be a thing where a you thing. would drink a certain number of beers from different countries. You had a certain time to do it, like six months or whatever. Not in one sitting, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Don't um, judge me here. Yeah. But anyway, my name is on the wall uh, on the plaque. That's awesome. I, yeah. That's a good one. I like mm-hmm. that one. Okay, so for information, literally, I just quickly Googled Linda Paul, and you guys were the first... Your first that come that came up, so it's a very simple website. It looks like it's just lindapaul.com. Yeah, so it's lindapaulbr. Br. Yeah. Okay. So you, like that. You guys have five stars and fifty four reviews. Yeah. This is impressive. So seriously, check them out. If you have pets, if you have friends that have pets, it just this has been. I'm going to say life change. <laughs> we appreciate it. Definitely. My life so much easier. Yeah. And my pets that were very comfortable and just, you know, I think that it's a great service. Thank you so much for providing us with all yeah, this information, Lauren. Congratulations on starting your business. Thank you. Entrepreneur you. Entrepreneur you. Yeah. Thank you. Business CPAs love entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really appreciate it. And party thoughts, Kate? Um, You know, I feel like I have so many things that I didn't even get to ask We can do a part two. I was going to say, we need to do a part two or maybe like an AMA, which is Ask Me Anything, (laughs) Um, on on like our Insta stories. You know, maybe we could do a little like AMA for some... uh, You head that up. Yes, I will head that committee. So anyway, yeah, I I, I am in awe of you and super impressed and you really have like struck my heart in yeah. a special place. So, um, you know, and I always say I love animals and I love rescue animals, but there are certain places that I can't go to, like fostering, I sure. do foster fail. And you just take it a step further. And I just appreciate people like yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I, do, I, I thank y'all so much for having me because I just want to educate so many people that there are so many ways to help. And like you said, some people may not be able to foster and that's okay. I don't, mm-hmm. I haven't had a foster in my house in a while because my cat is aggressive and I'm, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have two pit bulls and my cat is aggressive. So, but you know, volunteering time, even sharing posts on Mm -hmm. their Facebook and stuff like that is so important. So I think just doing what you can is more than enough, you know? And so just educating people on that. But I really appreciate y'all having me on here and talk about that because I think it's so important, especially kind of dealing with what they're going through now, just being so overwhelmed in the shelter. So, but I'd love to do a part two or ask me, you know, ask me anything. So (laughs) Great idea, Kate. You're all thanks on that. And Lauren, appreciate your time today and we hope that all of our listeners have a great week yes bye guys thank you